You're listening to a sermon from Plus Life, a church that exists to see lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will be stirred in your heart and renewed in your mind as you hear the preaching of God's word today. As you take your seat, please tell someone the title of my sermon this morning, Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance. We're going to be learning about trusting in God's unwavering protection. Well, it's a joy again this morning to be able to gather today. And as you may know, the Opinianos had a baby boy on July 1st, baby Silas. Babies are first and foremost a gift from the Lord, and they're also quite a handful. And so uh, if you're wondering why Pastor Ian hasn't been able to preach these past couple weekends, it's because we want him to be able to adjust to this new season of life for him. Uh, so let's keep uh, continuing to pray for the Open Yano family, especially with their new addition. Now, I don't know about you, but I am excited to be able to explore this topic that is so fundamental to our faith this morning, trusting God. Life is so filled with uncertainties, with challenges, with moments that test our trust, and we might find ourselves in situations where we long for security, where we long for stability, yet in the midst of it all, we have a firm foundation, the unwavering faithfulness of our God. Now, imagine for a second, if you will, standing on the edge of a high diving board, and you're looking down into a pool of deep water, and your heart is pounding, your palms are sweaty, and your mind is filled with doubt and fear, that distance seems very daunting, and you're hesitating, you're unsure whether you could take that leap of faith or not. And in that moment, a swimming instructor stands beside you, encouraging you, because they know your capabilities, they've seen you practice countless times, and with a calm voice, they say, I believe in you, I know that you can do this, trust me. And then you look into their reassuring eyes and there's a spark of trust that ignites within you. And despite all your fears, you take a deep breath and you decide to trust their expertise. You step off this diving board and you're free falling for what seems like an eternity. And then the water embraces you and you resurface and you're filled with this exhilaration, this, this newfound sense of accomplishment. And I believe that this type of illustration signifies trusting in challenging times. Trust enables us to overcome our, our fears, to take leaps of faith knowing that we're not alone. And just as you can trust a swimming instructor, there's someone who is far greater who calls us to trust him in the face of life's uncertainties, our loving and faithful God. And so in the moments where we're standing on the edge of life's diving boards, unsure of what lies ahead, God stands beside us, extending his hand and saying, trust me, I am with you. I know the way. He knows our capabilities and he's proven his faithfulness throughout history and even in our own lives. I know this from my own life where we as a family have, have gone through these types of uncertainties. There were times where I was uncertain whether I would be able to hold a stable job to be able to provide for my family. There were times where I was uncertain whether I'd be able to have a child, but God has provided. Now, with a baby on the way, there's a whole slew of new uncertainties, a whole bunch of new uncertainties that we're praying and we're adjusting through. And if I'm real with myself, this sermon is first and foremost for me. 
I've been preaching this sermon to myself this past week because I know it's something that God is teaching me, and I know it's something that God wants to teach you too, church. So this morning, I want to inspire and encourage you, church, through our text to deepen your trust in God, recognizing that He is your ultimate source of security and that His faithfulness endures through all circumstances. So as we explore this topic of trusting God today, let's remember that our trust is not misplaced. We have a a blessed assurance, and my hope is that being reminded of it this morning will help push us to trust God even more, knowing that in him we find security, we find guidance, and we have that courage to be able to take that leap of faith into the unknown. Now, Psalm 91 is one of the most cherished psalms and it resonates deeply with believers throughout generations. It's known as the assurance of God's protection. And it's actually attributed to Moses, making it one of the oldest psalms in the Bible. The context and the setting of Psalm 91 can be traced back to the Israelites' journey through the wilderness. During that time, the Israelites faced numerous challenges. They were in harsh environments. There were physical dangers. There were hostile enemies. And in the midst of all of this, God provided them a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Psalm 91 reflects the Israelites' experiences and their deep trust in God's faithfulness and protection. It beautifully captures the themes of trust, of of refuge, of God's unwavering care for his people. And the psalmist paints this vivid imagery of safety and security that is found in God's presence. And it begins with this affirmation of trust in the Lord, the Most High, the Almighty, the one in whom the psalmist takes refuge in. It portrays God as a shelter, as a fortress, as a refuge, a place of safety and protection amidst the storms of life. And throughout this psalm, we see imageries of of wings to depict God's protective care. Just as a mother bird covers her young with her wings, God extends his wings of love that shields over us for those who trust in him. And this imagery just signifies an intimate relationship between God and his people, highlighting his nurturing and protecting care. The psalmist proclaims God's faithfulness serves as a shield and armor against the various threats Deadly diseases, it talks about terrors by night, the arrows that fly by day. God's protection is not only physical, but it's a spiritual one, guarding against the snares and traps of the enemy. We know as believers that our war is not just with this world physically, but there's a spiritual battle going on as well. And in this psalm, God himself speaks, assuring his people of his presence, of his deliverance, of his honor, And he promises to answer their calls and satisfy them with long life, with salvation and the fullness of his presence. And so this context, this overall context in Psalm 91 provides a backdrop of the Israelites' journey through the wilderness where they experience God's tangible protection and provision in their lives. It captures a deep trust in God and serves as a timeless reminder for us as believers today to find refuge, to find security in God's unwavering faithfulness. 
Trusting God wholeheartedly leads to experiencing his faithfulness and his protection. We have to recognize God's unchanging character, the reliability of his promises. Throughout scripture, God reveals himself as faithful, as loving, as trustworthy. And when we put our trust in him, we align ourselves to the truth of who he is and the promises that he's made to us. God's faithfulness is not contingent on our own circumstances or our own feelings, but it's rooted in his nature. And when we trust him wholeheartedly, we position ourselves to experience the fullness of his faithfulness. Trusting God wholeheartedly fosters a deep, intimate relationship with him. It goes beyond just agreeing with him mentally, and it involves surrendering our will, our desires, our fears to him. And when we trust him completely, we open up to his presence and guidance in our lives. We draw near to him, seeking his will and aligning ourselves with his purposes. And we experience the intimacy of walking and receiving his protection, his provision, Trusting God wholeheartedly allows us to rest in his providence. God's providence refers to his overarching plan for and care for all creation. When we trust in him, we acknowledge that he is in control, that he works all things out for our ultimate good, Romans 8.28. We can have that confidence that even in the midst of trials, God is working behind the scenes for our benefit. By trusting God, we need to surrender our control, the outcomes, and embrace his love, embrace his perfect and loving providence. You see, God is sovereign over all things, including life circumstances. Trusting God recognizes his, needs, you need to recognize his sovereign authority and submit to his loving and wise plans. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. The reality is our human sinfulness and the tendency to rely on our own understanding and our own abilities rather than fully trusting in God is a problem. Trusting requires us to to recognize our limitations and surrender in full self-reliance to him completely, not on our own, his wisdom and his power. Trusting God wholeheartedly leads to a a deep sense of of peace and security. And when we put our trust in him, we no longer solely are limited to our own understanding and human strength. Instead, we find rest in his wisdom, his power, his sovereignty. It enables us to release all our anxieties and fears into his capable hands, knowing that he is faithful to sustain us, to give us a long-lasting peace that surpasses all understanding, Philippians 4, 7, to find true security in him. When we trust God wholeheartedly, we position ourselves to witness his faithfulness in tangible ways, knowing that he is always faithful and his promises are always steadfast. His love is steadfast for us. So with that context set and the understanding of what trusting God wholeheartedly is, what is the first thing that we could see from our text this morning? Well, we can see, point one, the invitation to trust. The invitation to trust dwelling in the secret place, verses one to four of our passage. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. This opening verse sets the whole tone for this psalm, conveying the central message of finding security, of finding protection in the presence of God. The psalmist declares here that those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High are the ones who experience that blessedness of abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. The imagery here portrays a close and intimate relationship with God. And just as a shelter provides refuge, just as it provides refuge from the elements outside, God becomes our dwelling place, a safe haven where we find protection and security. Jeremiah 17, 7, 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out, it sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Amen. We don't need to be anxious when God provides shelter. Our psalm passage reveals that God's character and his ability to provide that security, to provide that protection, it reflects this intentional choice and this place of complete reliance on him, knowing that he is a faithful and trustworthy God. And what's highlighted here are specific ways in which God offers his protection Our passage mentions the snare of the fowler that refers to the traps and the schemes of the enemy. It signifies protection from spiritual dangers, the entanglements of sin. And there's mention here of deadly pestilence that covers physical threats, illnesses. And this passage affirms God's ability to be able to rescue and safeguard his people from various types of harms. In these opening verses, our passage here establishes a foundation of trust and the call to abide in God's presence. This vivid picture is painted of security, of refuge found under the wings of the Almighty. And there's an emphasis here, again, on the intimate relationship of God, with God, trust that's placed in him, the assuredness of his faithfulness. Now, the concept of the shelter of the Almighty in, in other translations, it's called the secret place. And the Hebrew word, sether, literally means a covering, a hiding place, protection, a secret. And it represents the intimate space in which we encounter God, where we experience his presence, where we cultivate a deep relationship with him. And I, I want to take a second and explore uh, the characteristics of this secret place. Again, a secret place refers to a deep connection, a deep personal connection. It's intimacy. It's a space where we can draw near to him, experience his nearness in profound ways. In an intimate setting, we can be vulnerable with God, sharing our deepest thoughts, our our deepest fears, our deepest joys with him, knowing that we are fully loved by our Heavenly Father. And in this secret place, we experience a depth of, of intimacy that surpasses any kind of earthly relationship that we have here. We commune with the one who knows us intimately, who loves us unconditionally. And this secret place 
is a space of communion, a sacred meeting ground between us and God where we connect with God, where we engage in heartful dialogue, listening to his voice, pouring out our hearts in prayer. And in this place of communion, we find solace, we find guidance, we find encouragement. It's a place of exchange where we surrender our burdens, receive his wisdom, and we align our hearts to his purposes. In this secret place, we discover joy and this privilege of being able to commune with the creator of the universe, sharing our lives with him, receiving his transforming presence. The secret place is where our relationship with God deepens, where it matures, and it's this continual journey of growing closer to him, learning more about his character, aligning our lives to his will. We gain insights into his ways, his truth, his heart. We spend time in his presence meditating on his word and seeking his face. Our relationship with God will flourish if we do this. We become more attuned to his voice in the secret place, more sensitive to his leading, and we are transformed by his love. The secret place becomes a fertile ground for spiritual growth, a source of nourishment for our souls. Proverbs 16.20 says, Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. You see, the authority and the sufficiency of God's word is the source of trust in him. Meditate on God's promises, his words, and allow his truth to shape your understanding of trust in him in this secret place. This sacred place of, of where we draw near to him, where we experience his presence, where we grow in knowledge of him. We discover beauty, we discover intimacy, we discover communion, we discover relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now I want to take a second to provide you an illustration. Imagine a fierce storm brewing outside. You don't have to imagine, we just experienced a, a fierce storm brewing outside. So imagine thunder rolling, lightning illuminating the sky, the rain is pouring down in torrents and as you look for refuge indoors, you notice that there's this cozy and there's this secure house nearby. It stands strong, and it's unshaken by this rage, this tempest rage. And so out of curiosity, you decide to enter this house, and as you step inside, you're enveloped by this overwhelming sense of peace. The storms of chaos become distant, and they're overshadowed by the peace within and you look around and you see that the house is impeccably designed. There are sturdy walls and there's a roof that provides shelter from the elements. Soon discover that that house is not just physical in structure, but it's a metaphor for the dwelling place of God's presence and trusting him as your refuge. And as you make God your dwelling place, you find a peace that surpasses all understanding, even amidst the storms of life. And in this dwelling place, you encounter this blessed assurance. You realize that you're not alone, but you're in the company of the Almighty. And just as the strong walls of this house protect you from the storm outside, God's faithfulness shields you from fear. It shields you from doubt, from uncertainty. And in this dwelling place, in this secret place, you find a constant reminder that God is in control, that God is sovereign, and his plans for you are good. 
Just as that house in the storm provides you refuge from the chaos outside, so does trusting God in this dwelling place. It brings you peace that defies circumstances, assurance that anchors your soul, and deliverance that enables you to live courageously for him. So church, may we find that solace in the spiritual dwelling and experience this transformative power of trusting God as our refuge, even in the midst of life's storms. So what else can we glean from our text? Well, we can see in verses 5 to 13 of our passage, the assurance of protection. The assurance of protection. And here, it's focusing on resting in his unwavering faithfulness. I'll read the passage here. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your right hand, ten thousand at your uh, right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes. You will see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Now let's take a minute to examine here the dangers and the threats that are mentioned in this passage and how God's faithfulness helps us overcome these things. Well, we see here the, the terrors of the night and arrows by day. We see the nature of God's protection. Those who trust in God need not to fear these terrors that come upon them. And this assurance covers both invisible and invisible threats that come our way. They represent the dangers that we face in darkness and in broad daylight, whether it's fear, whether it's uncertainty, whether it's spiritual attacks or physical dangers, God's faithfulness prevails. By trusting in him, we find this peace, we find this assurance and this protective care, knowing that he shields us from these things. When we trust God in our hearts and are steadied, knowing that his unfailing protection covers us every moment of our lives. What a blessed assurance that is. Another threat that we see here is pestilence and destruction. These represent the, the different types of calamities, disasters, devastations. And despite all of this, God's faithfulness remains steadfast. He preserves and he protects his people from these things, assuring us that no matter what kind of turmoil is around us, we can trust in his unwavering care. Whether the threats are known or they're unknown, God's faithfulness shields us and preserves us from harm. It goes on to, to say that there is a protection upon us. God provides us angels, right? There's this magnitude of protection that's provided to us that even if thousands around us succumb to danger, those who trust in God will find comfort and peace. The psalmist acknowledges that God's protection surpasses human understanding. It defies the odds. He commands his angels to protect us, to guard over us. 
conveys his watchful care, ensuring that we don't stumble, that we don't fall. This language depicts God's triumph over his enemies, for his people. God grants us the the power of victory over all dangers, over all threats encountered here on this life here on earth. It says that the wicked will be brought to justice, for there is an assurance of protection for those who trust in God. Those who've made the Lord their dwelling place, those of us who have found refuge in him, we will witness the justice and judgment that fall before the wicked. God will witness the reward of the wicked. It speaks to the justice, the judgment of God that he brings to evildoers. Even in the face of of wickedness and injustice, God's faithfulness prevails. He upholds the righteous, ensures that justice is served, and that provides comfort, that provides us as believers reassurance. So don't lose hope, friends. Things may look bleak now in the world, Right? The, the wickedness that we see in the world causes us to lose hope. There are atrocities that we see going on in our world. The atrocities of babies being killed in the womb. The suffering that we see going around in the world. The suffering that we see, the persecution that we see of Christians in the world. The wicked political agendas that cause mental harm to our kids in our schools. God will bring justice. He declares that in his word. Remember, Jesus still sits on the throne. He is king. He upholds the righteous. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So seek him. Yes, God upholds the righteous, but it's a righteousness not of our own. We are made righteous. Trust God, not based on our own works, not based on our own efforts, but solely on the finished work of Christ. Trust in God's grace and the sufficiency of Christ's work on the cross for your salvation. The psalm says, no evil or plague will befall those who trust in God. Right? Those can include what we said physical illnesses, spiritual attacks, personal trials, hardships in life, the things that we are going through. But God's faithfulness shields us, granting us confidence that he will guard and protect and bring deliverance for his people. So does this mean that those who trust in God won't won't experience suffering at all? Uh, We know that isn't true, right? We see throughout Scripture that there are Believers who, who go through suffering, right? Job went through suffering. Job 13, 15 says, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job's famous words summarize the posture that we should have towards God when we suffer. And there are countless Bible stories where we see people who put their trust in God still going through suffering. Trials help remind us that his ways are not our ways, that his thoughts are not our thoughts, and so when we suffer, let's rest in him. We have to trust God through the suffering. This sanctifies us. This makes us more and more into the image of Jesus Christ, into the likeness of the Son. One of the last threats we see here in this passage is the threat of lions, adders, young lions, and serpents. 
These represent the enemies and the challenges that we might encounter in life. The psalm proclaims that we will tread upon these dangers and triumph over them. God's faithfulness grants us victory over adversaries, empowering us to overcome life's obstacles that come our way. And in each of these dangers, in each of these threats in our text, we can see God's faithfulness shines through. His protective and unwavering care shines through. When we trust in him, when we can find solace, we can find security knowing that he has overcome every danger, every threat on our behalf. He has conquered it all. His faithfulness prevails over darkness, over destruction, over injustice, over illness and the forces of evil. We can confidently lean on God. We can lean on his faithful presence, knowing that he is our ultimate protector, that he is our defender, that he is our deliverer. Now, moving on, what else can we see in our text? Well, we see the promise of presence. The promise of presence, where we are abiding in relationship, looking at verses 14 to 16 of our text. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This passage here reveals this profound truth about the intimate relationship that we have between God and those who put their trust in him. It says that the one who holds fast to God in love will experience deliverance and protection. It speaks to a deep personal connection between God and his people. And this relationship is based on love, on trust. It's a genuine desire to want to be known by God. And as we cling to him in love, as we recognize uh, his name, we become, he becomes our deliverer, our protector, and he extends his, his care upon us. This passage underscores the responsive nature of, of God's relationship with his people. It reveals that when we call upon him, he is able to answer. He is attentive in these times of trouble. He assures us of his abiding presence. He promises to walk with us, alongside us, to provide comfort for us, to provide us strength and guidance, and he will continue to rescue and honor us when we trust in him. The final verse here of Psalm 91 brings the assurance of God's provision and salvation. It conveys a promise of, of a rich and meaningful life, a satisfying and fulfilling, not rich physically, but spiritually, God affirms those who trust in him, who experience his blessings and purposes. He assures us of this, his deliverance and redemption in this life and the life to come. It speaks to his eternal nature, our relationship with God, this promise of everlasting joy in his presence. Isaiah 26, 3-4 says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord is an everlasting rock. There's an intimate relationship between God and the people who put their trust in him. God responds to our love, our trust, and calls for help. God is not distant. He's not detached, but he is 
actively involved in the lives of his people. The expression of of God's love, his deliverance and exaltation in, in these verses, verses 14 to 16, they help us to reflect on his incredible nature of our relationship with him. They remind us of the depths of his care and the ways in which he actively engages with us, and we should really consider these expressions. God will satisfy and honor those who put their trust in him. God reveals that he has a desire to uplift us, to elevate us, to honor his people, and it demonstrates his intention to bless us with an abundant and meaningful lives that bring him glory. It's not based on our own achievements, not based on our own merit, but it stems from his grace and love. And it speaks to his ability to to fulfill our deepest longings for purpose, for significance, for eternal joy in his presence. And so when we reflect on these expressions, it should fill us with awe, it should fill us with gratitude. It reminds us of the incredible privilege that we have as his children to experience his unwavering love, to receive his deliverance in all manners of trouble, to be lifted up by the creator of the universe himself. They affirm, these expressions affirm our relationship with God is not merely transactional but, and, and distant, but it's intimate, it's close, it's personal, and it's life-transforming. These verses emphasize the assurance of God's protection of his presence, it highlights the reality that as believers we can experience and we can place our trust in God. It says those who hold fast to God in love will receive his deliverance, will receive his protection. And so when we look at this passage, we see God promises to satisfy his people with a rich life, to show them salvation, to go beyond the physical, to have a deep and intimate relationship with him. Placing our trust in God opens the door to the fullness of his blessings, to the fullness of life, to the purposes and the joys that we have. It's an invitation to experience a a rich life, a rich spiritual life centered on him. In God, we find true satisfaction. In God, we find true fulfillment. Surpassing any kind of temporal or worldly pursuit, we find contentment. Church, let's hold fast to this assurance of God's presence, trusting in his faithful promises and living in the fullness of the life that he offers. Let's embrace this richness of an intimate relationship with God, finding him as our ultimate source of satisfaction, of fulfillment in the depths of his love and the joy of his presence. The blessed assurance and security found in trusting in God is rooted in the perseverance of the saints. Those who genuinely trust in God will continue to trust in him, will continue to persevere in their faith even in the face of trials and challenges. That's what the Bible declares. And through our union with Christ, we are connected to his faithfulness, enabling us to trust him 
with confidence. Church family, as we delved into these powerful truths of Psalm 91, we've been reminded of the blessed assurance of God's presence, the the promise of his protection, the abundant life that we have awaiting for us for those who put their trust in him. You've seen how God's faithfulness overcomes every fear, how it overcomes every doubt, every worry that tries to grip our hearts. And now I want to invite you to respond by surrendering those very fears, those doubts, those worries to God, embracing a life of unwavering trust in him. And perhaps you've been carrying the weight of anxiety, this, this feeling of, of overwhelm, uh, being overwhelmed by the uncertainties of life. And maybe fear has held you back. It's held you captive, preventing you to fully step into the plans and purposes that God has for you. Perhaps it's caused you to question God's love, to question his provision and his presence in your life. And today is an opportunity, church, for you to lay those burdens down at the feet of Jesus, to embrace the freedom and peace that comes from trusting him wholeheartedly. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. In this moment, I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to just take a second to envision yourself standing before God with open hands and an open heart. Picture yourself surrendering all your fears, your doubts, your worries, placing them into the capable hands of God. Release that grip of control that you have on your life. Feel the weight being lifted off your shoulders and that deep sense of security, of peace in God's faithful care. Church, as we surrender our fears, our doubts and worries to God, embracing this life of unwavering trust, we position ourselves to experience the fullness of joy, the fullness of his love, provision, and guidance. So let's walk forward with this confidence, knowing that he is faithful to his promises. He will never leave us nor forsake us. May we continue to choose trust over fear, faith over doubt, and experience the abundant life that comes by resting in his faithful embrace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you with hearts filled with gratitude for the truths that you have, we have explored today from your word. We thank you, God, that you are reminding us of your unwavering faithfulness your promise of protection, the assurance of your presence in our lives, Lord. And as we conclude this time of reflection, God, we humbly ask for your grace and your strength to trust. We ask that we would trust you more deeply to experience the fullness of your protection, of your presence. We acknowledge, God, that trust doesn't always come easy to us. We confess that there are times of fears, there are times of doubts, there are times of worries that overshadow our faith. But today, Lord, we surrender them all to you. We lay them at your feet and choose to trust in your unfailing love. 
Help us to release this grip of control that we have in our lives to find true peace and security in you and to understand, God, that you are sovereign in it all. We ask, God, that you would strengthen our faith to increase our trust in you and deepen our awareness of your presence in our lives, especially during the difficult storms of life. Grant us the discernment, God, to recognize your guidance and to follow your leading wherever you may be calling us. We pray for protection over our lives, over our families, over our congregation, that you would guard us, God, from the schemes of the enemy. Protect us, God, from dangers, from these threats, from spiritual attacks, and surround us with your angels that serve as a tangible reminder of your care and your protection in our lives. Cover us, God, with the shadow of the Almighty, with your wings. And as we go forth from here, Lord, in this time together, we pray that your faithfulness will be ever before our eyes. Help us to walk in this unwavering trust, knowing that you are our refuge, our fortress, our deliverer. Strengthen our lives, God. Help us to bring glory to your name as we testify to the world of your goodness and your faithfulness. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, who is our firm foundation and the anchor of our souls. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you were blessed by the sermon today. If you would like to learn about the gospel or know more about our church, please visit pluslifepeople.com. Remember to subscribe for more content. Until next time, stay blessed.